Hello, and welcome to the Thomas and Way podcast number 17 on yes. this sad day. It's a sad day today, the day that... Uh, the day the music died. The day the music died. Did you watch the funeral on the telly? Uh, I did watch uh, Maggie T's I think funeral. your coat's very noisy. It is, I was just about to take it off for that exact reason, because it not only rustles, which is disrespectful, it's black, which is respectful, but it yeah. rustles, which is disrespectful, and every time I put my hand on the, on the surface, it goes... Yeah, see, that's not good. I'll take it off. Today, Margaret Thatcher died. No, she didn't die today. She died last week. <laughs> I, here's a question. Yeah. Why? Why? I would think that we that a funeral should be instant. Mm. The day the day the death occurs. But no one would be able to get there. Doesn't matter. Time. For me, deaths. it's like it's like waiting too long. Yeah. It's like, so Christmas Day. It, you don't celebrate it? Christmas a week after Jesus was born. No. You celebrate Easter when Jesus died. But to be fair, Jesus died. 2,000 years ago, or over 2,000 years ago, if you believe that. 2013. So it's quite, that's actually quite a long time ago. That's not hardly on the day. It wasn't 2,000, no, of course, he would, no, I'm getting confused. It's AD, it's set after his death, isn't it? Yeah. That's why it's called AD. Yeah, and BC. Yeah. So basically, before we, but say so it's BC, Yeah. but BC, why do I understand BC is before Christ, right? That's yeah. what it means. Yeah. But there's a, there's a little period there of, of grey, there's a grey area in the because before Christ and then there's after he died. What about the bits when he was alive? Is that got a name? No, it's not after he died. It's after he was born, AD. After what? So I, AD starts when he was born. Yes. On Christmas, uh, Christmas Day. Yeah. And BC is everything until he was born. So why is new? Why why is it New Year then? Based why is it New Year the day he he was born, Christmas Day? Um, because like it's. Um, you don't know? No, because the calendars weren't fixed then, and the calendars are something that came along later. Yeah. And also, the Christmas celebration and Easter celebration are both pagan, especially yeah. in Britain, they're yeah. pagan celebrations yeah. that we attached to Christian the, the, the values to. to yeah. Yeah. So Easter is, uh, there's a god of Easter. Is there? Which what is called? Middle Eastern. Right. I'm not sure where it's from, I can't remember, but it's called, it's, it's pronounced Easter, but it begins with an I, Ishtar, I think it's Ishtar. Ishtar. Um, and it is uh, the god of fertility and stuff like that. And the symbols of fertility were eggs and rabbits and hares, which is where all that shit comes Chicks. from. Chicks. Chicks, yeah, all of that. I wasn't here for Easter, I was in Brazil. Rio. I saw lots of, my, I saw lots of, uh, I went to Rio and I saw that my daughter became obsessed with Jesus Christ while she was in, while, my daughter is five, she's obsessed with Jesus, <laughs> we're not religious. In fact, our school teacher at a school report day thing said, uh, is your daughter, are you religious at all? We said, no. She went, your, your daughter keeps talking about Jesus. And we went to a church and she bought a crucifix. She wears it all the time. Is it a church in Rio? She a church in Rio she went to. Did she see the big bloody Jesus? We did see the big bloody Jesus from a distance. We couldn't, we couldn't go up it, but we saw it from a distance. But we've all come back with this little, look at this, look at my hand. We've oh. all come, me, my wife and my two daughters have all got this same rash on our hands. Let me describe the rash. It's yeah. At the wrist, it looks in this light almost like a really dense... Set of freckles, yeah, going up to the thumb, the crook between the, crook the thumb the, and the fourth. That's it, the crook. That's the boy. Where there's like, um, well, a rash beyond a rash, it has started to peel and it looks almost like eczema. Yes, it does look like e, that. But it's, uh, but the it's it, not raised. It, no, it's not raised. It's just a blemish. Brown. I think it's AIDS. I well, yes. I mean, possibly the doctor was quite good. Went to the doctor to say, well, "Look, we just want to see what this is all about." Yeah, and that confused oh, them. They were confused. They said, "Don't know what it is." We worked so this is the Doctor Here or in Rio? Doctor Here. We realised we all touched a crab. 
we, my daughter found a dead crab and we all touched that and we thought oh. possibly a dead crab had AIDS and yeah. passed it on um, but no I mean we've got this strange thing so yeah so this could if I die this the, could be your, could your be last my, words my this last make words good. but yes yeah, so that of, is really weird that is weird. Um, we'll get a picture of that in a bit yeah I think we, we are a bi- I'll get a picture of it now because I'll only forget we're a biological we are a medical phenomenon we're a medical marvel is it a marvel though when it's just a bit of an icky <laughs> well I don't know but you know no, the, the doctor had never seen anything like it but is these it days we got to remember it's doctors these days the GPs oh, I noticed GPs these days just look it all up like NHS Direct any old they do I'll get it on the camera later we'll get it later yeah, they just go, I could be a GP. I go, well, what you got there? And have a look and look it up. Just look it up in the, uh, the booklet. The booklet. Well, this is what they, um, have you read The Psychopath Test by John Ronson? And the big bloody book of, um, so the big bumper book of mental health issues. Yes. That's what they all use and they add to it every year. New slight variations on neuroses and different types of, you know, mental issue. Do you have a mental issue? that's issues? what they look at. They just look, well, if you go to this book, this is a point that's raised in, in the John Ronson book. If you go to the Big Bloody Book... Is it called a Big Bloody Book? No, but it's basically what it is. Um, I can't remember the actual name of it. Um, everyone's got one. If you go by that book, everyone needs therapy or drugs or something. I don't. If you go to that book, they'll say, oh, likes Queen a bit too much. He's got um, mer- Mercury. Well, Mercuritis. I, I've got something... To, I, I have a problem with dates. I know dates very well. Well, that, that's quite good. That's not bad, is it? Um... The home, I saw a couple of questions. I wrote them down, right? Okay. I saw the curious incident of the dog in the night time the other day. The play. Yeah, and it's not like you're that bad. No, I haven't killed any dogs. He didn't kill it. Well, Who killed the dog? The dad did. In the yeah, end. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Well, if you've read the book, you know that I'm not. Uh, people it, don't mind knowing. That. Did you? I watched. It's I watched it. films on the plane. Did you? Yes. Which ones? They had. I uh, watched Hitchcock. Which I was quite. Oh yeah, I enjoyed. Does he look? He doesn't. Everyone kept saying how much he looked like him. I kept seeing pictures and thinking, he looks like Andy Hopkins. No, he looks like he looks like the Penguin in Batman yeah. Returns. Yeah, but he which looks like Dan, which with Danny DeVito looking like himself, but with a bit of a nose. With a nose. He does a good impression. Well, I don't of him. think of Hitchcock having a big, long, weird, beaky nose like that. No, he didn't. Him. But he does a very good. Charlie Higgins said something funny. He goes, "Oh." Uh, yes, I wanted to see it. He said, were you on the edge of your seat thinking, oh, does he or does he not make Psycho at the end? <laughs> and then I watched Skyfall as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd seen that all the way through. And I thought it was like Last of the Summer Wine. <laughs> at the end, someone's playing football. Someone's playing football. Is there a football game? You know, the, the, the it's West Ham. I am, for the purposes of honouring Margaret Thatcher today on this podcast, missing Man United West Ham. As I left, it was one all, and it looked like an exciting match. Why did you not watch the rest of it? Because it's on. This is more important. This is an important day to mark. The I went into town and I saw today. I saw everything. All the roads were closed off for for her, and I was oh. I was I was watching the funeral and I noticed that Paul Daniels was there mm. in the in the congregation. Yeah, and I was I, I thought you know is he going to try and saw the, the coffin in half, <laughs> put some swords in. Um, and I also saw. I like it when you see all the prime ministers. I, I must say, as a man of politics, I do like. <laughs> I, I do like politics. I like seeing all the all the prime ministers sat next all to each other. What about George Osborne crying? I know that's a bit much, wasn't it? He was obviously moved. Yeah, is he? He's, is I he, think he's just shitting. Is he himself. quite religious? Possibly. I'm th- or am I thinking of another? Are they, they all sort of are a bit, aren't they? Yes, they tend to be. I think he was probably moved. It was an emotional. Is that how he had piles? 
Yeah. I think we had to sit on the, I've sat on those pews and Have you been in that church? In that St. Paul's, Paul's, yeah, yeah. It's nice to have a look around it. Do you do the kind of It's quite militaristic for a church. Yeah. There's lots of um generals and soldiers in it. I suppose that was the time it was built, they loved a bit of that. Yeah. yeah have you been to the whispering bit when you go Sally? I didn't know. I you, it was closed off when I went there. I think they were doing some singing later. Right. You know, the pop band was in <laughs> Well pop band, S Club Seven. Yeah, whatever the um the choir version of S Club Seven were. Uh G four do you remember um G G four, do you remember no, that? G four's the security company, isn't it? No, they're also banned. Um, they, they, they won X Factor once. They were like a choir boy. Were they, they called G? Yeah, you know those kind of trendy men who sing opera. Yeah. They, every year there's a new one that comes out. Always a bit creepy. Or there's like a sexy lady version, and they do uh, play violins or something. Yeah, like with a electric with their tits. With their electric on. violins with their knickers <laughs> on. Yeah, you could just see they were very short skirts. You could just see something hanging down underneath the skirt line. And you go, oh no, a minute. That's, yeah, yeah. Is that resin? I saw, um, talking of Paul Daniels, he just actually reminded me, in the middle of the tweet about Thatcher and the terrible thing that happened in Boston, um, and I know he probably didn't notice it, but he t- I'm surprised he got back in time because he tweeted, just went round the boot of Italy, pleasant, on Twitter. That Who said that? Paul, Paul Daniels. Daniels. I think he'd just gone round. So... He was on a cruise or something. Maybe it wasn't him then. I'm sure it was him at the funeral. I didn't. I didn't. Don't remember seeing him. I saw him. I'm sure. We I should was, find I, out. I must be honest. I terribly was. What do they call it? He's dual, on Twitter. They call it dual screening. I was looking at Twitter quite a bit. Did well, you see Andrew Marr on Andrew Marr show? Too. I didn't. No, I um, heard um, what he said in the was reported somewhere. I read. Yeah, it's nice to see him back. How did he look? Uh, he looked fine, but it's people like Sophie Rayworth are all thinking, shit, he's getting better. <laughs> They're all thinking, ah, oh, fuck, this is my job every well, Sunday. To be honest, right, the Andrew Marr show, when he was well, and hopefully he does get better again, but when he was well, half the time I tuned in, he wasn't on it anyway. Yeah, it's always the Andrew Marr show with someone else fucking hosting. Yeah, because he often... Like when, they should change the name, like Wogan. It was never, whenever it wasn't Wogan, they shouldn't have called it Wogan. Well, no, no, because you go, hang on, that's Sue Lawley, doesn't like Wogan. Yeah, nothing like it, Wogan. Wasn't it Ben Elton who is it hosted oh, it for a bit ben and caused trouble? Um, was it Rob, Jonathan Ross? Ben, El- ben Elton definitely did host it at least once. I can't. I don't know if he caused trouble. No, people were saying, well, "Who's this man?" I think Jonathan Ross hosted it. It pissed people off. It's possible. Very possible. Do you remember? Late, do you remember Wogan late at night when he did his late night chat show? I do. He didn't last very long, did it? One series. Well, I remember Wogan's Web, we, which was an we extraordinary were. daytime thing with him and his co-host Katrina from Katrina and the Wave. And 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 his and he used to eat sausages every day. Every day, just eat and, and get drunk, get boozed up. Yeah. Well, he must have come straight from his radio sh- show. He comes straight from his radio. It's probably for him. It was pub time. It was pub time. Sausage and beer time. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't call them sausages. He called them snorkers. Snorkers. And he'd go wo- and got some snorkers here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. wine. Wogan's wine. Wogan's wine that you could win. It's pre-tweet, but a particularly good email. But that was at the time, remember? That was like that was in 1998. I went to ITV today, mm. I, uh, London Weekend Television, for a meeting. ITV. The, the place itself. The place uh, itself. It is, there are no men there. I got in the lift. Okay. Mean? There are no men. It's full of women. Right. Like, look, this is good. This is great. Loose women's always recording during the day. I was in a lift. The lifts are very slow, right? You remember those lifts to the twenty-first floor? Yes. I fainted in one once. In the yeah, they take, they take forever. They take forever. It was. I got in the lift, and there were twenty women. No lie, in the lift. And then you walked every floor. There were lots of blonde women everywhere. I thought typical Peter Fincham taking over ITV, and it's full of blonde women. <laughs> you know. Um, anyway, so I, I, there's lots of blonde, pr- pretty blonde ladies everywhere, and uh, yes. Anyway, that was that was. I don't know. Just, I was just thinking there are a lot more women around the, these days than there were before. Yeah. 
Why is in that? television? In television. Well, I think the thing that, pe- that gets ignored. I disagree with it. The thing that um, gets ignored a bit is women make television happen because most TV shows you work on, the, the job of production coordinator, production manager, people actually get the stuff happen. They are women. On the whole, are women. It's. It seems for some reason it seems trickier for them to become directors and producers much more than. But that's complete. I mean, most producers. We work with the women as well yeah, these days. True. I love a lot of them. My girlfriend. I love women. I love women, and let's let's not let's not I, I, let's not be beat around the bush. Women are great, aren't they? Although it's good to beat around the bush with a woman. I yeah, I like women. I think women are fun. I don't know what we do without them. You know what your problem is you lot out there. What's your problem with women? Women, there's a big problem, and then I think a lot of the problems with Maggie was the fact she was a woman. I think there's a lot of that. Well, a lot of people would say that she was a, a she was pulled, a, pulled the. The she did. Ladder up she did. Her as she got to the top. There were no women in her she cabinet. She didn't like women. No. She was I mean, we don't her. know that. I don't. Never met. Her. Never met. Her. Never met the lady. No. And don't speak ill of the dead. I don't think we're speaking ill. We're speaking. No, Ill. I'm not saying. I'm just saying in case we. You know do. what? The truth is about this. This was going to be a Thatcher special. Yeah. This podcast, but it's been talked about so much for the past every single week day. And, week and a bit. Is it? Yeah. It's sort of been raked over and over I suppose it was going to happen she was in power for so long and she I think she stayed in a terrible way stayed alive a lot longer than anyone with it. She would have thought she would yeah that I think all of that a lot of that actually a lot of people don't like her still yeah still hate her but I think that's why there weren't riots and parties on the streets as much as a lot of people thought there would be is because it was so long ago now it's sort of I think if you look at the people the age of the people that were Rioting during the poll tax rights and things like that. I think they're about seventy. They exactly. Yeah. Well, not about seventy, but they're well, it's twenty years ago. Yeah, twenty-five almost. She. I was thinking about um, her and my my auntie. They weren't. They they love women kind of. But a lot of I realize a lot of my family, even though they're not, they're sort of conservative. My dad isn't, but my mum's family, they're all sort of slightly Tory. Quite Essex Tory. Quite Essex Tory. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of that. I mean, remember T- Teresa Gorman? Do you remember she was out? She came to our school once. Yeah. Oh god. Never really liked her. No, Billericay. She she was. She had to have her house knocked down. I, I, I can't quite remember. Planning permission. She was planning dodgy. permission. She dodged and something went wrong with a big fucking great big mock Tudor That's mansion it. she built in the middle of the in the middle of the woods. Yeah, it was all wrong. Can you imagine John Major inside. having this kind of funeral? No, I, I don't think it'll happen again. Um, no, it won't happen again. They might do it for well, Tony Blair. Lived, was there for be, ten years. Tony Blair's one would be big, but you won't get necessarily the royal family coming. I don't think. Why not? I just don't think you will. I don't think. Hang on. What about what he did with? I'll be, to be honest, I don't think the Queen will be alive for a start when Tony Blair dies. I don't know. I think she. I think she's immortal. <laughs> unless someone, unless someone chops her head off Highlander style, I don't think she'll be. I think she'll be around forever. Yeah, yeah. They got. They will. I mean, they got the best care, the best attention. Yeah, no, that's true. Well, so did Maggie. She was in the Ritz. She was in the Ritz at the end. She was putting it on the Ritz. That's probably why she... She would sing some old wartime. You can clearly... When I heard the story, they said, oh, during the end of her life, she'd come down and she'd sit and surprise people at dinner singing wartime songs. She'd think, right. that's definitely Alzheimer's, isn't it? Yeah. Singing yeah. songs. Coming down and singing songs in... She wasn't out there. I did notice... Um, one other thing... I mean, it was quite a dull affair. I mean, it was a funeral, so it's not supposed to be... It wasn't like it was the new Jubilee. It was a bit... Somber... <laughs> Which meant it wasn't the best television, which was an issue because it was on for. Well, I did watch ITV's coverage. But the one, so you pick. I found myself picking out little moments that were probably nothing. There was a bit where Sam Cam, 
uh, Cameron and Samantha Cameron came in and she had a big sort of grin on her face and she, they clearly made a joke or something. It was before the... Loads, everyone was chatting and laughing after. Just before the ceremony proper. And she was sort of laughing and looking around smiling and you saw him lean into her ear and sort of look a bit cross and say something. And she instantly looked solemn. Oh, really? And then looked directly at the camera as if yeah. he'd said... Stop fucking smiling. The camera's around you. <laughs> let's, say, let's say one thing right, about this funeral. <clears throat> Something like Diana's funeral, okay, mm. which is the last sort of funeral we had, and there was a pretty, that was like a that is like an accident, life too early, cut short, tragedy, tragic. Yeah. With someone like the, with this situation, yeah, and with say the Queen Mother, it's like this is someone who's quite old. They had a life, and yeah. it's not so. You know, you got to celebrate. I think them. that's why there wasn't all of the wailing on the streets and all of that sort of stuff because it was, you know, to most people, Margaret Thatcher. When was the last time any of them saw Margaret Thatcher? No. About anyway, and you see pictures of her much more recently, and she doesn't look like the same person. Then, you yeah. Imagine. You I, know. I watched it. No, I saw what I did watch was um, after she died. I I, go, I wrote her into YouTube, and there's a there was a thing. Good morning with Anne and Nick. Do you remember that? Yes. Well, obviously, Anne and Nick weren't there. They must have been on holiday. And Sarah Green and some other bloke was hosting it. The, I, the bloke, what, he wasn't... You know who he... If you saw him, I can't remember his name, but he's one of those presenters you'd recognise. Ginger? No, he's no. got curly hair. But, I I don't, but he's one of those people who go, I know who he is, but you'd never be able to put a name to him. He hosted lots of things like Pebble Mill and things in the 80s and the 90s. Not moustache? No moustache. No. He's, he's, he's on the Ross King level, but not right. Ross King. Oh, good. Doing so, well, then. Did well, well for was, a bit. He was doing well for a bit. So they're both on there and they're talking to her and she was... Orange, she really, I, I bet he wore quite bright shirts. He wore very... They all wore, they were, they were yeah. wearing bright shirts. Orange or lime green. It was lime green. Yeah, she was lime green. Uh, maybe, a, maybe a waistcoat or two. There might have been a waistcoat. It's not a waistcoat, uh, what do you call it? The jumper, got, what's the jumper version of that? Uh, you've, got tank that top. you've got that to a T. That is exactly... They all wore that. They did then. All of them wore that. that of that ilk. Yeah. Paul Ross would have worn the same. And yeah. Isn't it funny? At the time, you'd think like the 1990s... And like 1997, you, you kind of fashions changed in the way that in the 90s, more so than ever, you could look like anything. And nothing was out of date in a weird way. Yeah. Because we, when we were growing up, when we were now in the sixth form, you know, it wasn't it wasn't uncool to listen to the Beatles or to listen to anyone who was no. out of date. So we were banging the middle of, of fashions, Brit, Brit pop as well. So it was everyone was looking back a bit anyway. But you say, but, but you look think now though. But I think <clears> you see someone from you watch a film from 1997. Yeah. And the haircuts and you know it does look dated. Yeah. It does. But the thing is, the thing that's always dated is the bit that doesn't actually get picked up because they always bring back styles and fashions, and it's never actually what everyone really wore at the time. It's what specific groups of people wore. Yes. Like recently, I think there was a bit of a '90s thing. Everyone around here, especially where we live near Shoreditch, was dressed like they were in Nirvana. Yeah. Suddenly again, I remember people dressing like that in when it first happened. Yeah. But not everyone dressed like that. Fans of Nirvana and those sorts of bands dressed like that with the shirts and the the sort of the Nirvana t-shirts with the um, sort of lumberjack shirts and that sort of thing. But no, most people didn't dress like that. No. A lot of people were wearing lime green shirts and orange shirts and well, they were, tank tops. Well, like, kind of, like English teachers, like slightly called English teachers. Yeah. Anyway, she was on, right? And she was, and they were trying to talk Sorry. to her about things. And she was going, and she was so hateful. She was talking about a book and she was going, I don't like the television. It's a shame we all sit around with television's bad. And she, and she was doing this, no, 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 all this stuff. And she was so, you can imagine why people would just well, be infuriated yeah, yeah. by her because being lectured to by well, someone. Even the stories, there were two stories that came out. One was about, I think came from, I can't remember, it might have been Mella said it. And then there was one of the bishops 
who spoke, or he might have been an out. I don't know what he was. There were so many different denominations of church represented. It was quite odd. But he told a story about don't eat the duck pate, and she led me away. And everyone in the audience of Paul's laughed. That was the funny bit. Uh, There's another story about. Um, I offered her. It was another old pate. story. I offered her a gin and tonic, and she said. This time of night, it is whiskey and soda. And everyone laughed. And everyone that. laughed. And I thought, oh. that just sounds like a really miserable, bullying... Like, fucking have the gin and tonic or nothing, or fuck off. Oh. People that stay that you know, you won't have that. You can imagine her being quite bullying. Yes. I could um, go over seeing... Dictatorial. Uh, you see all those... I remember, like... I remember they seeing those like Norman Lamont, and because I used to love Have I Got News for You, mm. and you and you'd see like Norman Lamont and <clears throat> and uh, Tebbit and all those kind of people at that time, you, you know, the end of her government and the beginning of Major's government. You see them all. It was like it's like looking at. Um, it was like I was so. In, I've always l- l- read the news and been interested in politicians and yeah. seeing all them. It was like. I see Tony Blair now. You know what? I, I associate them with basically sort of childhood being younger yeah. and thinking they, that was my prime minister or they were around when I was yeah, younger. Yeah. And it sort of takes you back a bit and you, you sort of get, I don't know why, it's like listening to a certain song or seeing those people who are always in the news every day because they always yeah, were. Yeah. It makes you feel a bit weird thinking that's such a long time ago now it's gone. Well, it's almost the opposite thing of the, um, it's the same thing but the opposite of what you were just saying about looking at video footage of the 90s and going, oh, it is dated, isn't it? Yeah. When you see them now, and you see how old they are for yeah, all those boys, yeah. and you go, fuck, that is weird. Well, Ken Clark looks the same. Ken Clark looks exactly the same. And so does, and John Major looks good still. And Heard. Heard looks, looks a bit paler, but he looks... Tebbit is death on death's door. Uh, Ingham looked like a, a orangutan. <laughs> He's on eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, he, yes, I saw him. Yeah. Tony Blair is like so rich and cool. He's, what I'm saying is he sits with his shirt open and looking thin and all good. And you go like, you know, he... he um, there's something about him that makes me go, uh, I don't know, he, I always think of him playing guitar and being a bit cool, and you think, <laughs> he, I, you kind of feel like he thinks he's the coolest man there. Oh, he definitely Doesn't he? He thinks he's like, I'm here, and I'm cool, yeah. I think to, uh, Ian Hislop, when he first came about, Tony Blair, Ian Hislop described him as a trendy vicar, and yes. then he did that whole, um, was it Lenny, uh, no, not Lenny, Henry, but Harry Enfield did those sermons from oh yes Tony, it was right. like Reverend Tony's sermons yes. from somewhere or other <clears throat> I've got so changing the subject what what do you do what do you do about t-shirts that you this is a, a nice t-shirt I spent a lot yeah. of money on it okay yeah but the armpits are going the yeah. smell and there's nothing you can do about it not really vinegar I've heard this conversation before no I don't think so I've just had a similar problem to this before I ended up throwing out the shirt you have to throw it out basically there are things you can do if you're catching it early you can you, there are stuff you can use look, look it's the it. smell well, you, can wear it, you only can wear it for a couple of hours yeah because it kicks off like you smell and then you don't it's the shirt being it's the warmed shirt. up it warms but up the stink doesn't it I blame deodorant you know Glyn our yeah. friend Glyn yeah. I think we might have mentioned him before he had a shirt I mean, our friend Glyn has got, you know this, he's got two t-shirts in particular that he's owned since he was a little child. He's got a t- <laughs> He still wears them, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle one and a Rugby World Cup 92. No, it's 92. No, it's 95. It's a 95 t-shirt that he had from then. <laughs> I don't think they were new when he got them. He still wears them, but he had a shirt once. It was like a lumberjack style. Yes. Shirt, which I always wear. And he used, to, could, he used to be sitting there and he'd sort of turn his head to one side so that... His nose is now over his left shoulder and go, oh, oh, this fucking shirt, oh, it stinks, the shoulder stinks. I go, what the hell do you the mean? The shoulder stinks. The shoulder stinks, the shoulder <laughs> stinks. I go, what do you mean? And he goes, I, th- 
I've washed it. I said, why don't you put it in the wash? Because I've washed it so many times. Whatever it is on the shoulder, it won't go. It stinks. I know what it is. I know what it is. But what is it? He went, I know what it is. It's that fucking rabbit. <laughs> what do you mean? He went, well, I think where my, where my mum hung the washing out of the washing line, my sister's rabbit pissed up in the air and it landed on the shoulder. Is that true? <laughs> I don't think so. But you know, they were mice. But, I don't, but at no point did he throw the shirt away. He just kept wearing it. But I'm going to have to throw It's not too bad now. But it's like, oh, it's such a shame to waste them, isn't it? These shirts. I've got some other, I've got some other thoughts down here, right? Here are some <laughs> thoughts. Hang on. Thoughts. So if anyone out there has got any suggestions as to what to do about shirts like this, um, here are some other thoughts. I think vinegar is a, is a good thing to get rid of that. Okay. Oh, here's the thing I found out. Dry cleaning is a myth. Uh, I've heard this. Sort it doesn't of do anything. Yeah. There's no point in dry cleaning anything. Well, they always say... Just wash it. Well... No, if you, you, don't, you shouldn't just wash things that shouldn't be washed. But brushing and airing well, goes a long way with suits, things like that's that. That's true, so that's one thing. Uh, okay, I found out that my mum irons pants and knickers. That's right. a waste of time. That is. That is Did you, anyone else? Right. Complete waste. What's the point? Unless you're a stripper. Secondly, okay, yes, I'm at, my dishwasher is a rinse aid whore. Okay, my dishwasher. You mentioned this before. It does. I've no, it eats. It is. I like the fact that this has got to you so much that this is. I think the second you know how much time rinse aid costs. <laughs> you mentioned this on a Matt Lucas podcast. I'm doing it again. <laughs> rinse aid costs a lot of money. Yeah, I don't my know. dishwasher also. It used to have a setting, right? You know, if you so want, what the the dishwasher tells you it needs more. When yeah, rinse it says right. I, need, I, say, I need rinse aid. Okay, so you fill it up with rinse aid. The whole fucking thing goes in. The whole you know four <clears> pound rinse aid. You wash it and he goes, oh, I want rinse aid. I think you need to ignore it. I think that you need, just need to not worry about it. But he's telling me he needs it. But it's full of shit by the sounds of it. <laughs> the other thing it does... It's just greedy. It's a greedy <laughs> The other thing it does, the other thing it does that really pisses me off, is that like, when, when you have like on, you know the proper setting for pans and shit? I don't have one. I don't know. Well, people guess, out there... I can only guess. There, there's a setting that says, when I first bought it, you put it in and say, proper, you know, big wash, you know, right. pans and shit. Yeah. It was always casserole wash. It was always one hour and twenty minutes. Right. So you know that for two hours, that that's happy. It's doing its job. Do other things. Yes. But now, a year, two years on, the one hour and twenty minutes has gone up to about one hour and forty minutes. Changed its mind. What it's it's saying? I need more time to wash these things. Does that mean it's getting slower or older? Does it know what's in? Does it know what it's got in it? Do you know there's what I'm a, saying? There's a, there's a Wayne Shepherd Gary Strange song called Is My Toaster Sentient? If not, how does it know when the toast is done? How do they know when the toast is done? Well, it's timer, but that's the joke. But that, that sounds but more sentient, do you, that washing machine. But have you ever had... Listen, I went to Brazil and they were the slowest toasters in the world. I mean, they're great at everything else. But you know, they have toasters. toasters they? they have toasters. Because in America, they don't really do toasters that much. Don't they? They're not... They're kettles, they're not so hot on... Um, so I like, well, we're talking about in America have kettles they have fucking coffee don't they we used to boil you're right they don't bother with it they have kept coffee machines in the house well they don't really put anything in ho- I'm thinking because I was staying in a hotel there's nothing yes yeah, so you had a hotel you have to order everything up yeah just, you just want a cup of tea yeah, that's, a hotel in, that's a hotel in America yeah, they, want, that's, that's, they want you to go downstairs and buy a yeah but the scheme of things means that it's much I'm much, much less likely to have a kettle knocking about than you. But they have kettles in top. They, do, they, they, boil kettle, water. they know what they do, yeah, but they, they just don't care about it. So it's not no, in hotels, what they're trying to do is say to you, look, mate, you know. Well, they just don't make tea. They don't do it that way. No, but they also don't want you to, they don't want you to be able to boil a kettle and make your own tea. No, but they have a coffee machine. 
there was a coffee Not machine in my hotel. Was there really? Yeah, a little one, one of those little Nespresso ones. Yeah. Which is no good for making tea. No. I think well, you can get a teapod, but they didn't have any fucking teapod. Did they have a teapod? Oh, Nespresso's are in pods, aren't they? Yeah, they are, yeah. Little capsule pods. Yeah. That's a waste of. That to me is a waste of pods, because the plastic, where's that go? It's wa- you know. wasted. It all goes into George Clooney's back pocket. Does it really? It's Mr. Nespresso, isn't it? He is Mr. Nespresso. Is it, Nespr- it is Nespresso. Hey, where I was on holiday, hummingbirds, oh. snakes, yeah. uh, ants. I mean, ants, we saw these ants, okay? I mean, you know, in real life, you go, oh, fuck ants. Did you go to the rain- rainforest? We were in the rainforest, yeah. And we went for a swim in the waterfall. We saw ants. They must have been travelling from... The, the distance would have been from... Imagine, ladies and gentlemen, let's think of a famous part of London. Imagine going from Tottenham Court Road... Yes. ...station... Yes. ...down to... Um, think. How long was it? Because okay. it might be a better... Uh, oh, yeah, it's probably how long it was. Okay, yeah, because you might not have been there. Okay. Compared to London, compared to London Bridge... Everyone knows London. No, uh, Tower Bridge. I'd say, I'd say, I'd say about, let's go metres. Let's say 150 metres. Right. Maybe double that. Uh, in length. In length. A, a line of ants. A line of ants going, uh, and, and you look at them, they go, and you see, they'll be up a tree, and they'll all be carrying, and you see the tree had loads of hot, the leaves had holes in them. They'll be, they'll be like cutting the little leaf, mm. uh, right, and then carrying it down, all the way down the tree, across the path, and then going up to wherever they're making another Maybe nest. Miles away. Miles away. You wouldn't for, even them, for them, miles away. Miles. We complain what about... What the fuck are they doing with it? And then the other one would come back, and there'll be one line going one way, like a line of traffic, and the other one going the other way, without, with empty. Clever fuckers. They are so clever. Like a train. And I put my hand over them once, because I'm not frightened of ants, and they just, and they just went they're over not my bite, They might be bitey ones, though, well, there. My little dog got stung No wonder you've got the bloody rash, rash True. hand. True. We saw a tiny little snake that went... It, and might, be, um, it might be their acidous vomit. Whatever they have. They have something, don't they? They do. Should we have some questions now? Let's do questions. You know what? I've got... Um, should I go... Because got, we've got the email address now. Oh, if you want to email questions to us, it's I'll say it again. Because I've got a couple. Tony... No, that's not right. Thomasandway at gmail.com. Is this um, one any good this week? I think this is better than the end of last week's one. <laughs> we had complaints <laughs> about that, didn't we? Yeah. It was... It, well, we, I warned them. When I put it out, I said, I would be surprised if anyone reaches the end of it. What happened um, at the end of it then? Did we, were you drunk? Just drifted into nothing. I think we were a bit drunk. I'm getting that way now. We've both got quite bad gas this evening, I've noticed. Yeah, I, I was sick last night. I haven't had beer for a little while. Um, should I do Twitter questions first or email questions first? Do you... Here's one. Okay. A man from Rob Crabwalk. Oh, name. I think I've got... I saw that one, yeah. What is the burst... What, burst? What is the best, worst onset atmosphere you've each experienced? Best and worst. Oh... I think the best, it's one of the best, there's been a lot of good ones that, that would vie for it, but the first day on location, and it turned out to be a disaster, but the first day of filming location on Blunder was really what good. What was fun. that? I remember it was me and you, uh, it, was Tom, it was a Tom Meaton sketch, and so me and you just got to do backgroundy stuff on our first, so it was a real, like, Tom had it hard. What it was, was he doing? His first day, he was doing the Mike Bongo. The Fuck thing, me, yeah. I had completely yeah. forgot that. I don't think that's Oh sticky. my god. But he, so he was doing that. Were they in it? Was Mike Bongo in it? I think so, yeah. He was doing that, and we were the two blokes in sketch. Mike but Bongo, we this is, this wasn't Gigglebiz kids, this was a. <laughs> um, he, so we had a really easy time of it for the first sketch, it really warmed up, and we just had a fun. 
We had, we actually we, had, we were supposed to be playing a fruit machine, and we just did play a fruit machine. For I, mean, I know. A couple I of hours. That. I was really. I was just. It was a general start. First sketch. This could be the best show. This is going to make us all. That feeling is gone of that show since. That's your best. Any work with Tom Cruise, and that's your best atmosphere. Yeah, My but God. as I said, it wasn't. But it's, that was one of them because that was a real sort of this could happen. Since then, Tom Cruise was very good doing that. But I've had so many times where things haven't done well or flop that you you get a bit more cynical about the uh, you're not as um, excited. You tend to put True. the fires of excitement down a bit because you know that it might not turn out to be so. So good. that's your best and your what's your worst? I'm trying to think. You think you mentioned your best because I can't think of my worst at the moment. Best atmosphere. Um, uh, I the best fun I ever had was making this program called Swiss Tony. Yes, that was really fun because we had. Oh, this, I thought I'm lying about my best time. Sorry, you carry on, carry on. That was really fun because it, what's fun about that is that it was just after the fire show, so people still know who Swiss Tony, Tony was. We'd all written it. And Swiss we Tony was huge. It was people huge. were quoting. We'd all, we all had, we all had, we'd all written it, so we all had parts. We all had <coughs> bits to do. And it was just a really fun atmosphere. There were no egos. You know, when he, there were no, it was just like Charlie Higson, Simon and me. We just all had fun. Yeah, yeah. We did like we did like sixteen episodes, and it was the best fun. Jeffrey Perkins was producing it, and it was just it was really fun, and the audience liked it every week, and that was really fun, and it was a nice atmosphere, because there was no you know what there's, as when you if you've written something, and also we had confidence in what we were doing. There's nothing worse if you've written something. Two things: if you go into like a set and you're new on something, mm. and um, and you don't know anyone, you feel a bit embarrassed or it's a bit scary. Yeah. or you don't know if you can fit in or not if you've written something and you're not sure about it you're a bit nervous because you go is this any good yeah, like, yeah. the first thing you ever do is always a bit shit the first or if you've episode one of anything yeah. and like Sirens towards the end was really fun and by the end of that we all get on really well it takes a while and by, I'd say the atmosphere towards the end of any series is always good sometimes it goes the other way it gets worse because yeah, yeah. everyone hates each other I always have a good time on set I don't think I've ever I, I'm, I've, been, I've worked on things where I've thought that was brilliant. Everyone, everyone got on with each other. They had a good, really good time, and you find out a couple of years later that half the people hated the other half of oh. the people, and so and so the director. And I've, that's happened with a lot of things, and I've been oblivious to. Yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. The two worst experiences I can remember. My worst experiences are uh, two things. One, one uh, is on an actual set um, was working with doing doing beyond the pole in the Arctic. Oh, where right. Steve Mangan and the director um, David Williams basically had a, we had a terrible the, the, the director David who was a nice bloke basically went, he went a little bit mad well you were in the Arctic we were in the Circle. Arctic and he, anyway. he basically what we remember is he'd funded the whole thing he, uh, it was like a big risk for him he was away oh, from his family a lot of pressure there was a lot of pressure on him and um, well, it's, it's not untypical directors do go nuts they're, they're, they're producing nuts. and all that as well it was, and also no one was at fault really because they all but what happened, it was bad for me because I was in the middle of this situation right. where we went out to the Arctic right and they said we need to do one more shot right now basically we were away from home we were, in, we were freezing cold and um, he said to me and Stephen Mangan we're going out now to the um, we're going out to film small crew we're going out to film a scene right. now there, there was a scene where the, he was supposed one of our characters was supposed to fall into the water right, right? in a wetsuit and um, obviously we can't do it because someone would die yeah but the director said I'm going to try and get that shot right and I'm going to do it I'm going to be in the wetsuit right right but he, he couldn't tell the producer uh-huh. because they would say you can't do that because for safety reasons that's not good yeah so we had to kind of do it in secret so he basically said to me and said we're going out to film these extra shots 
So we got on these skidoos, went out. We were really pissed off, didn't want to do it. Yeah. He disappeared for about two and a half hours trying to find a location to do this stunt himself, which in the end he didn't even do. And we came back, we were sitting there. It was getting dark. This is in the snow, the ice. The snow and ice. And we found out he'd even brought a tent with him because it was, it was right near the end of filming. He brought a tent with him in case we found out subsequently, he brought the tent with him. I'll tell you what, happened, what was happening. It was the end of, it was, it was the end of like parties. There was a big party going on. Oh, right. And he brought, so he brought us out to do this thing. We went, listen, they're having a party. We're doing this. It's the last chance we've got. So mm. we were a bit pissed off about that anyway. So he we went out there and then, so we, we didn't know he brought a tent with him just in case we got stranded because the weather changes so quickly. Yeah, of course. If the weather changes. It's probably not best to travel at night full stop. No. Well, we had to get back before dark and it was starting yeah, yeah. to turn. Anyway, so the atmosphere, I tell you what, the atmosphere was bad there because they, Stephen Mangan wanted to kill him and, he, <laughs> and I think he would have killed him had, had uh, and we were just, we was, you could sort of make jokes about it for a while, you know, we were just sitting there for ages and ages, a man with us with a gun just in case polar bears turned up. If might have been there and he was suddenly there oh, to separate the actor. It was awful, and he didn't even do the shot. And there was another time I had a massive row and, and uh, Steve Mangan stormed off and I understand why he did because they had a big argument Again, I was and I was in the middle of the two sides, and I went up with Steve. I went, oh, I'll go with Steve. He went, Are you coming or not? I went, okay. So I went with Stephen Mangan, and then he was like, I can't bear this anymore, and it was a really awful atmosphere. And I don't know, and they, but then, they, but you have those little moments, and then yeah. you're friends afterwards. I mean, there's always um, the other thing that's quite a typical thing is the tensions that can arise between camera lighting oh. and sound. Camera lighting on one side, and then sound. I mean, I've worked on things where the cameraman has lit the sound guys out of the room and they can't That's and bad. for some reason everyone always gets a bit grumpy with sound men it's, you need the sound it's not like you can't but everyone always goes no. like if the cameraman said I-, I need five minutes they get five minutes if an actor says I need a minute they'll get a minute everyone will be a bit arsier with the actor but they'll get it if the director says we need a moment you'll get a moment if a sound guy says stop there's a plane mm. overhead and if you let if you record now you won't be able to use any of it Everyone gets really arty about no. it and looks at their watches and like, oh, oh. oh God. So, but that can always get them. They must have really thick skin sound then. I've never they understood must, that. No, they're a hard job. And, uh, yeah, I mean, God, when we did the funeral parlour, we were we, the location manager had picked somewhere. <laughs> we got to remember it. Right, basically, what you remember is when you're filming, if you hear a plane go over, you have to that, stop. Speak of the devil. There's one goes now. You have to stop because you can't record it and you can't match the shots because the plane's going over. We, they'd found this place to film with. Matt Lucas was doing Isaac Hunt, that character. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And not only were they un- under a flight path, yeah. they also right near a railway and yes. a motorway. And, a rail- and the trains would go by every minute. We had a minute to do... Yeah, stop. Compared, so if there, there was a, either a plane going over, there was never more than a minute, that's right, between a plane and a train. No. And or Matt, another train and, and another train. And Matt was in Matt, and Matt, being Matt, was in one of his... Was, was quite jovial. He was day. very funny, yeah. He was really funny and he was adding things in but making us laugh and, it was and a him laugh. huge speech as well. It was probably, <laughs> a, it was probably longer than a minute, the speech, I think. I think it, it was, was very, f- and he was making us all laugh so that made it even worse and that was hell. The other thing I remember <laughs> is, okay, being a runner, because you've never been a runner so you know what it's like when, mm. you, when you get the look at you, right? Okay, so this other time. So there was the time with Carolina Heard of, I told that story when she was drunk. That was a bad answer. <laughs> you might have to not mention that. One. No, no, it's a true story. It's yeah, fine, it's fine. Are you okay with that? You, no, you don't right. maybe delete it tomorrow morning. No, no, I won't delete it. Okay. Basically, what happened was, this is a very funny story, um, Carolina Home was doing the, um, oh, it's awful. It was awful. And I, she, basically, she, we were filming the Far Show, the third series, and she was doing the Checkout Girl. The next day, we were filming yeah, the yeah. Checkout Girl, and she was able to do that in the supermarket. We only had two hours in the supermarket, okay, right. to film it. And I was a runner at the time, I was also in it. 
that basically Charlie Higson got me involved into the, he said look if you're an actor you come and do a couple of day, days if we make you a runner as well you can really learn the whole process so I was yeah, there from yeah. the beginning to the end of the whole series for like three months and um, so we're, in, we're filming up north in this really nice hotel and Jeffrey Perkins had come up the night before to come and visit and uh, and so everyone had a drink yeah. and then she was and I remember that night Jeffrey was talking to Caroline Hearn and basically what she was doing to him was pitching the idea of the royal family this right. in 1997 right. so a major so a moment major in comedy moment in comedy history was going on yeah. in the corner anyway it was going on and on and on and on and everyone went to bed because she was only bearing in mind she was only supposed to do two days filming and um She's not in day. that series anywhere near as much. No, she? she'd no. already been doing Mrs. Merton and stuff like right, that. Yeah, yeah. And so we were, you know, everyone was pleased, and everyone would really accommodate her and be so glad that she was doing it, you know. And uh, anyway, I remember coming down in the morning at eight o'clock and seeing that the um, it was pickup time, uh, and that there was still the the Baileys was she was drinking. Yeah. With Jeffrey Perkins still had ice in it. Yeah. And it hadn't melted. Right. So they hadn't gone to bed that long ago. Right. And they'd been up, obviously, got it's really, good really detective pissed. work. Yeah, good detective. And anyway, so they were like, oh, we have to go and get Reese. Will you go and get Caroline? She said, I pick up times now. We'll go and knock on her door. Knocked on her door, no answer. Kept knocking, 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 no answer. And I said, it's Reese knocking, 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 knocking. And I said, okay, I'm coming. And then I went back downstairs. Everyone's waiting. Is she coming? Yeah, she said she's coming. About an hour goes by and she doesn't come down. And we look, we've got to get her out. She eventually comes down. And uh, she's like hung over and everything. And uh, we all get in a car and it's the, I, was sat, I was sat in the middle. Charlie, she was on one side, Charlie Hickson was on the other side. And he was very angry, obviously very angry because yeah. basically only had two but hours to film. He's the producer film. as well, he's so he's on well. the line. And, and we turned up, so we turned up the, uh, late, at the, they had to film all those sketches in about half an hour. Right. You know, the checkout. Because two hours is pretty... Tight. Tight anyway, so now you're down to half an hour. And I was in the middle, and then on that same series, earlier before then, Mark Williams, one time, there was a sketch which was Dave Angel and with a load of crusties, okay? Yes, I remember that, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and Mark Williams was one of the crusties, and basically, I wasn't doing anything, but he was getting his lines wrong. And uh, it's that typical actor thing that you do where I've never done it, because I've, I've had that to mm. me. Where someone they 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 make they make they, they don't know their lines. Yes. They're trying to find someone else to blame. Yes. I got the blame for being in his eye line or for moving. Uh, I wasn't even moving, and and you feel so small. Yeah, yeah. And it's so embarrassed. And you go, and I remember thinking, you fucker. Anyway, it's all alright now, but um, yeah. yeah, those are the sort of things. Just don't. Yeah, that's the thing is to not grow up and do it to other people. Did we tell this story last month? I don't think so. All right. Um, talking of being drunk before the. Sh- Filming though, I remember on Bar- the first Barking. series of Titty Bang Bang. At the end, very we had the rap party. We're all staying in the hotel that we filmed it. We were filmed a lot of stuff in this hotel. It's where the Mermaid Hotel is in Catterick. It's the same hotel, right? So Pet Productions like using that. Um, but we had the party the night before the last day. So the last day we still had to film. Okay, <coughs> so then everyone would have been equally pissed. Exactly, but. We got your wife included. Got we got absolutely <laughs> hammered, like amazingly hammered. But as it turned out, I think Lucy only had one sketch to do. Debbie only had one sketch to do. Oh no! And I was just as the bloke, the third wheel. I had about fucking four sketches to do. Why? One of them was first thing. I didn't realize everyone else wasn't up first thing. They weren't. It was someone else. It was me. I was up first thing doing this thing where I had to be. A, Someone knocking on a front door. It was in Folkestone in November. So it was fucking by this, it was right on the seafront, pouring with rain. It was horrible. 
And I had literally had an hour's sleep. If, if you could call it sleep. I was drunk when I still come. And I've watched and I thought I got away with it. I just had to do my line. I didn't know my lines, but I managed to get them. I'm quite good, good at learning them quickly. I managed to do the thing. I literally had to knock on a door and it was a crazy... It might have been Lucy turned up, but she turned up later. They were shooting me first. That's all I can tell you. And I thought I got away with it. I thought, fuck, thank fuck for that. I managed to have the lines in my pocket. I did it okay. I watched that sketch back and it is genuinely the worst acting I've before. got to see. Even going back to when we were 16, 17 in your back garden, I haven't done a, a worse acting performance than that sketch. Well, the thing is, I don't remember what the sketch was. Well, John Thompson. Was awful. And then we all had to do a picnic sketch in the rain where we were all just basically still drunk. Oh, but listen, that's what it's all about. You know, I remember John Thompson doing, uh, coming up, I don't know if I told you story before, he, he, he was doing, he'd been doing Cold Feet, we did the last Far Show ever, three episodes. And um, he won't mind me saying this because he's, yeah, yeah, he won't mind. Yeah, he, um, and uh, he'd, he, we'd been, he was famous for having a drink at the time. And this is the thing about him, is, is he, he, I've got one, I've got one of these. Um, okay, okay. He, he came up to do, um, to do a Def Stuntman sketch, you know, Chip Cobb, Def Stuntman. Yes. And he was only up for one day to do filming because he was doing Cold Feet. So we had to film everything he did in one day. And he turned up. And the night before, he was properly like, you know, in fun mood, wanted to have a drink. And everyone was like, oh, listen, you know, don't encourage him to have a drink or whatever, because, you know... It, it might, they're in this fridge. Oh, sorry. And uh, I, I've always found him so funny, you see. He's one of the funniest people I've ever John. met. And he turned up with his teeth. He, kept, he went, come for a little drink with me. Come on, just around the corner, you know, come on. So uh, I went for a little drink with him, because I felt bad, sorry for him. No one else. One second, Could I, your beers have disappeared. What? Mine's there. That's empty. I'll have this one. I'm for uh, some more in it. Oh, okay. Has he only got two beers? I only bought those and I got wine. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. Carry and on. I might have some of your red stripe. Yeah, yeah, no, crack into it. Um, so, yeah, so he, so basically he, uh, he, he turned up. I went out for a drink with him. And, yes. and, and a lot of people recognised him cold feet. And in the end, I just left him because he was happy talking to people. Well, that's what's amazing about that era of the Far Show is how fucking massive they all were. They all had these other things. They were really go. big, really big. And he, he had these fake teeth he kept putting in and, put, and doing funny faces with them. Anyway, the next day, he was, he couldn't even, he was quite, he was still drunk, right? Mm. And, uh, and he had to do this Deaf Stuntman sketch. And, uh, um, this is, a, these are, He's not like this anymore, obviously. He's completely... No, but drinking. I think he's quite well... He's quite well known. Anyway, so he turned... Anyway, it was quite funny. Phrase, it was you know, funny. Looking back, it's funny. Yeah. At the time, he turned up and he was completely drunk and uh, he got all... He was, you know, getting it wrong. He didn't know his lines or anything like that. And he got to the point where me and Simon Day were watching Wimbledon in, in one of the sort of... We were sharing a Winnie Bago. Yeah. And he turned up, knocked on the door, he went, what are you doing? And we went watching Wimbledon. He went, oh, fuck off. <laughs> right? And he went, yeah, come on. He started trying to tell jokes. And he had cans of lager with him. And, uh, and then basically we sat there and the big iron, an iron bar came flying through on this industrial site. An iron bar came flying through the fucking door, like, poof. And, uh, and he's like, Jesus Christ. Anyway, they came up to me and said, listen, John doesn't know any of the lines for this. We're doing this sketch called Cockney Bell of Monkeys. John doesn't, yeah. he doesn't know any of his lines. Can you swap parts? So I ended up having all these lines. Right. Good for me. Yeah, I yeah. A line. Anyway, the whole point about this whole thing is, is that that night they were so angry with him, but they didn't say anything because they're very professional, Paul and Charlie. Yeah. And then you're that, saying it all for them now, you're saying it for them. the next day that night we watched the rushes back in the hotel and they were like you could genuinely he's so good and funny you couldn't tell he was still funny yeah. even when he was drunk yeah that's the pro problem that's the problem that's the problem I've had I, where you think you can 
Alright, fine. No, you can do it. And you know, to be honest with you, someone like John Thompson, and to, going back on all this, I think he's still one of the funniest people I've ever met, and he's still one of the funniest actors ever. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, and, he is. And now he's not doing any of this anymore. You know, it's, it's, it'll be good. I, what, you know what? What makes someone fun? And when I look back at these things, I know it's bad for his life because it, it affected him, obviously. But, you know, you look back at that and you think, I'm glad I met people like that at that time in their lives when they were doing those things, having a drink. You know, mm. you can kind of live on the, on the outside of seeing these people going down that sort of dark route. And yeah, yeah. you can enjoy it with, uh, because you see it a little tiny, but you don't, you're not living with them. So yeah, no. yeah. But I, I'm so glad he's now much, he doesn't drunk for a year, seven, eight years or something Brilliant. like that. That's very good. And, but I'm glad I did know him when he was, and he still is funny now, but yeah. I'm glad I knew him when he was funny and drinking. Yeah, yeah it's like when, it's like it's like when people like Tom Baker talks about Anthony Hopkins and says, you know, he was the funniest man ever. And then he stopped drinking. He's boring now. Yeah, well, that's you unfair, know, isn't it? Because he was clearly going to kill himself. No, do you remember what Dudley Sutton said? Tom Baker's a cunt. Remember that? <laughs> no, <laughs> he's. He, but, <laughs> but it can't. It's. I mean, he didn't say. Tom no, Baker. Not in that way. Not in that way. Tom Baker called every other person a cunt. Brian Blessed called more people cunt than I've ever. Yeah. It was Pat, quite a Pat Routledge is a cunt. A, whole, uh, he said Pat Routledge is a whore of a cunt. <laughs> Pat Routledge, whore of a cunt. Terrible so, whore of a cunt. We used to flesh our cocks at fucking. Uh, <laughs> Um, uh, what's hard his name? Times. Hard, no, no. Before that, he was talking about yeah, hard times. I'd get my the girls out and I'd go, I want to put my fist up your cunt, your, your concrete clit with hard pick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was on. Um, he did a vote the, the, the one after that. Right. Talking of the fast show, there is an email question I remembered that we got sent from Ian Smith about the fast show. Yes. So I might as well do this question now, and then maybe we'll pause and do another one because we're yes. getting on to. Getting close to an hour. Um, hello, this is from Ian Smith. I wanted to ask about the indie club sketch from the Far Show, where you both played members of the band Colon and performed the song Kicking the Sun. I was wondering who wrote the song and whether there was a full version of it recorded at the time. Oh. As during the sketch, it seems to cut off. Oh, they're longer, aren't they? The emails. Yeah. The, um, as during the sketch, it seems to cut off midway through the first chorus, suggesting a longer version might exist. Also, a bit of a long shot, but either of you know the chords to it, as I'd quite like to be able to play it on my guitar. Oh, he's a fan. And I'm rubbish at learning by ear. Great podcast, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm always checking to see if there's a new episode, and I'm going to listen to number 16 after I send this email. Do you, thanks, do you know the answer to that? Well, it's Paul Whitehouse. No, it's Philip Pope. I thought Paul Whitehouse sung that. He sung it. Yeah, so Philip Pope wrote it. Philip Pope wrote it, maybe... He certainly arranged it. Paul Weiss is definitely the singer that I had to mime to. No, it might. No, it wasn't. It's his voice. It just is his voice. I think it was Philip Pope who Nancy sang it. Nancy, it's here. It's Paul. I'm no, sure it's Paul. It. It's Philip Pope. Was it? Yeah. Oh, well, this is inconclusive. I'm pretty sure it's Paul. I think it was Paul. It was Philip, Philip Pope. Pope. Okay. The chords. I remember when we did it. It was me, you. Steve Burge and our friend Stephen Holbrook in and the also band. the set designer and the set the designer was a guitarist the, the bass player no you were the bass player I was a bass player but Stephen Holbrook didn't brought his own guitar along and learnt the chords because he's quite a good guitar player he's a very good guitar player learnt, so I, we could find out for you Ian and also and our, our friend, he learnt the chords to it even though he didn't have to play it because we were only miming and our friend Stephen Burge was so drunk that they had to just not show him well, I don't know if he was drunk then he was very nervous he just couldn't play the drum. they said <laughs> they had to cut him out completely from playing the drums because he was so because Stephen he's a brilliant musician that was, that was mine so, our first ever day on a television yeah, studio yeah. ever what was the atmosphere like on that 
that was exciting. It was exciting, very exciting. God, you're amazing. Um, yeah, I, remember, I know Paul Whitehouse mugged off Steve because Steve was over over excited and maybe a little drunk. Um, he tell him off. No, he just sat up and shut up. Did he? <laughs> yeah. Fuck, how embarrassing up. is that? Nah, it wasn't embarrassing. It was fine. Um, that's oh. how you build a thick skin. That's what happens when you're uh, 17 years old and trying to break into comedy. You're not. You're going to take some knocks. But it was brilliant. We did a. That was fun. It was like being we did in a, a band. sketch for a Arabella, Arabella character. And then you did a fast. You did a, a CU sketch. That was later. I did the Arabella sketch and that colon indie band thing that day, and then I got asked back in again to do the fast. The um, oh, I think Tony to do the CU sketch in front of an audience a couple of weeks later. I got a proper paycheck instead of the eighty quid. I remember when they used to be repeated all the time. We get that yeah. nice little bit of money every now and again. Yeah, where's that all gone? It's weird, Dave and those. Dave, and I never know. They're, they're very. Lax in getting you repeat fees. What was your? So what is your? So thank you, and that's that's the answer to you that. You haven't asked for your. You what else did he ask for? Oh, was worst? it longer? It was only a little bit longer, not much. I can get a copy of that probably. Yeah, it's on Philip Pope. Philip, it's not much longer than the one that's on Phil, YouTube. We, let's just say so. Philip Pope, by the way, he's an unsung hero. He's of, amazing. He, yeah. He's he he. Um, he was in KYTV. He was in KYTV. He was in he was he was in the heebie-jeebies with with Jeffrey Perkins, Mike Fenton, Stevens, oh. and. Angus Deaton. That's right, yeah. And he basically did um, most comedy songs you see, he writes on Harry and Paul and all those things. And he also was famous for playing in Only Fools and Horses, playing, what's his face? Oh, uh, Wadwick? No, no, he uh, says Wadwick. Quine. Uh, Quine. The Quine. Tony, yeah. What's his name? Tony Farino. That's no, it. No, Tony no, Farino. Not Tony, Farino. Tony Angelino. That's it, yeah. Uh, He's brilliant at that. Um, yeah, and I think you know, it probably was him. Then you'd know more than me. But I always thought it was Paul White. I, mean, I remember going to the recording studio and hearing it, and having and hearing. You know, maybe Paul did sing it. It really sounds like Paul's voice. You know what? Shall I just bring it up? How about you ask Charlie? You ask Charlie. But I'll bring it up, and you, you at home can decide on whether we shouldn't both do something. No, we, this is okay. It's another question. Okay. <laughs> well, no, that's what. Okay, yeah. Okay, here's another question. Reese Thomas OBE, who have you least liked working with and who, dead or oh. alive, from comedy, would you like to work with? Well, I've already told people who I least like working with many times. Yep, that's, 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 that's on been the done many, this is one of the main reasons people listen to this. Um, uh, um, um, dead or alive, from comedy, you'd like to work with? I would say, dead or alive, I'd like to work with. Ronnie Barker. Yeah, Ronnie Barker. I met Ronnie Barker once, that was amazing. I liked I to work, Barker, yeah, I met Ronnie Barker with Jules Holland once. I, it was the days when the BBC had those big parties, yeah? Yes, yes. And uh, Ronnie Corbett came up to me and went, you're the one in the Radio Times who's run this sitcom about funeral directors. I read all about it. It's a bad impression. He went, well done. He's very much up for us. I'd like to have met Bob Monkhouse because he genuinely had a, he loved comedy. And yeah. I'd like to have met him. I'd like to have worked with Peter Cook and Dudley Moore. Okay, Indie Club? Yeah. You can... People at home can uh, guess. Oh, I'll, cut, I'll cut through the sketch. Music can be like a dive and compromise, son. Who's what? I'm not so sure now. Who's Paul? I think it's Paul, Ian. Thanks for the question. 
You always, I once thought you would remind me of Paul Heaton uh, in that. From the beautiful, from the beautiful South. South. Yeah, so, yeah, so Dead Alive, that's who I would like to work with. I would have liked to work with. I'd like to work with Chris Morris again. Yeah. Hopefully before he dies. And I'd like to work with... Uh, I'd like to work properly with... Um, do you know what I'd like? I, for, I used to work a little bit with Ricky, with um, uh, Carl Pilkington. Yeah. We, and I'd like to do something with him one time. I think anyway. he's a bit busy, isn't he? A bit he's, busy now. He's, you know what? Shall we um, call it quits on this one? And do part two. Do part two. Because we've, lo- we've literally got... I've got two more questions on the email that are in seven parts each. Okay, let's do that. So we can do those and talk more about Emmy, Maggie T. God rest her soul. So okay, let's end the part so one. See you, in, see you in uh, number seven, eight, 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 eight in a minute. <laughs> we have a fag. Bye.